0: be a river a river flowing out of your innermost being. Amen. And there's life where the river flows. We've sang about the breath of God. And when the breath of God breathes on us, there's life. God's all about life. How many know that? Amen. And so, praise God, I'm, I'm excited about what God is doing, the life of God. And I believe that every church, every church every full gospel pentecostal church ought to be alive amen. ought to be alive amen jesus said <laughs> jesus <laughs> said to that church at sardis he said you have a name that you are alive but you're dead first time i read that i said that's pentecostals <laughs> praise god <laughs> yeah, you've got a name that you're alive But he said, but you're dead. Well, I don't want to be alive in just name only. I want to be alive, really alive in the Spirit of God and in the power of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, wonder where we're going tonight. To the river. Let's all go down to the river. Amen. (laughs) Let's open our Bibles tonight to Joshua chapter 3 again. I won't read the whole thing. You know where we're at, don't you? You've been here the last couple of Sundays. And uh, Sunday morning, last Sunday morning, um, I I began this message. I I was talking to Sister Bunny after service this morning. And uh, uh, she was talking about uh, she was talking about um, hearing a message someone preached about getting getting our marching orders for the new year. And I said, Well, basically, that's what Joshua doing here, and what he's he's given to the people. He's giving them their marching orders orders to cross over the river. And she she said, That's right. That's exactly right. And so um, I was telling her, I said, you know, we've been preaching uh, for probably a year uh, on Sunday mornings from the from the gospel of Mark and preaching uh, on the life of Jesus, through the life of Jesus from Mark's gospel, and uh, we took a break from that. We'd have been done with it if it hadn't been for the COVID thing when we were closed down for that, the lockdown in the spring. I... Uh, I I preached some different messages during that time. We got back into it when we opened back up. I took a break from it here last month for Christmas. We'll get back into the Gospel of Mark. But, uh, and we're just about, we're in the 14th chapter, so we're just about done with that. But we'll get back into that. Uh, However, I was praying week before last, and uh, one morning in prayer, and I was just asking the Lord. I said, what do you want, you know, what, what, what do you want? me to give to your people? What can I share with them? What can I, what can I minister, and you know, to your people uh, here at the end of this year, coming up into the beginning of, of this new year? And the Holy Spirit just just dropped it in my heart, just dropped in my heart, Joshua chapter 3. And so I went and began to study and prepare. So my intentions, my intentions were just last Sunday morning for this to be one message and to preach about you've not, cro- you've not passed this way before, follow the ark, you know, uh, believe the promises, get across the river. God's bringing us into the promised land, all those good things. And here we are, you know, on the fourth message on this. It wasn't planned that way, but that's just the way the Holy Spirit works sometimes. And that's all right. We want to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. But you know where we're at here in Joshua 3. They're preparing to go across the river. They're getting ready to cross the Jordan. And um, um, they've been, this is a new generation that God has raised up. This is not the same generation that came out of Egypt because all of that bunch died in the wilderness because of unbelief. Well, we don't want that. Amen. And uh, God has raised up a new generation. Moses has died and uh, the one who has led them for these 40 years, he's died. They're a great lawgiver. And now Joshua is taking Moses' place. Some big shoes to fill. And uh, so he's taking Moses' place. And uh, the Bible said in, in uh, I was reading in Numbers just the other day, where, where, where the Lord told Moses to take Joshua and lay his hands on. "...upon Joshua and impart to him some of his wisdom and anointing, so to speak, and to set him apart before the people so that the people would know that this was going to be Joshua was going to be the replacement for Moses. And so he did that and now Moses is dead and Joshua has has the command of the people. He's shaking in his boots. He's nervous. He's he's got butterflies. He's afraid. Basically, he's fearful and God speaks to him in that first chapter and gives him his marching orders. And God tells him not to be not to be afraid, not to be dismayed. Three different times in that first chapter of Joshua God tells Joshua don't be afraid. You're going you're, you're going to lead these people into the land. It's a new experience for all of them. But he said as I was with Moses so I'm going to be with you. I'm going to take you in. And so here's the time. They're at the time now. They're on the they're on the on the brink. Of entering into the promised land. They're on the on the river's edge. Right across that Jordan River lies the promised land. There's Jericho in the, in the visible distance. They can see it. The people from Jericho can see them. And we know, we know from, if you read the second chapter of Joshua, when the spies went in and, and visited with, there with Rahab and, and she hid the spies. Rahab told them, said the hearts of the people here are melting because they're fearful of See, the devil don't want you to know that, but the enemy is fearful of a child of God that's full of the Holy Spirit and knows the Word of God and knows who they are in Jesus Christ. And she said, she told him, said, the, 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 the inhabitants here of Jericho are afraid of you. They've heard the stories about you coming across the Red Sea. They've heard the stories about how you've come through and defeated the, the Ammonites and Og, the King of Bashan and all of these enemies, and what god 's done for you, so they, the word was out, and there that 's their next conquest is that jericho they 're getting ready to cross this river it 's flooded it 's a normally Jericho would been about as wide as the sanctuary, but uh, at this time it 's the spring it 's the flood season it 's the harvest time. The, the the waters have overflowed their banks it's 1 to 2 miles wide 40 feet deep at its deepest point there's no way in the world they can get across there sister sharon told me if i didn't get across, get them across tonight she's bringing a boat amen <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. So I, I, the pressure's on me tonight. I got, I got I got to get them across. I got to get them across cuz we can't have them going. We can't have them going across in a boat. Amen. But but they're on the brink and 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 getting ready and so Joshua is. That's exactly what he's doing here is he is giving them He's giving them their marching orders. And so we have talked about him, how God will guide you. The principle, one of the principal truths we've learned from this, and from what Joshua told the people there in, in, in Joshua chapter 3. He said, uh, He said in, in verse number number three, he said, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, the priest, the Levites bearing it, you shall set out from your place and go after it, we found out that God will guide us through uncharted places. We're to follow Jesus. He's the ark is a type of Jesus. So we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. We got to follow Him this year. Amen. No matter what else is going on around about us, God get get our focus on the Lord Jesus and on the Word of God. Hallelujah. And believe God no matter what comes or no matter what what goes. So God will guide us through the uncharted places that we're getting ready to go. The second thing that we talked about this morning was that God will grant us his unfading promises. He referred to that ark that they were following as the ark of the covenant. A covenant a covenant that we have that they had with God and a covenant is based on the unfading unfailing promises of God when God makes a covenant with us he makes a promise with us and God, I'm going to tell you we may break our part of it and uh, most of us probably have but uh, probably all of us have but God will never break his promise to you he will never break his covenant with you amen you can count on that the covenant the new covenant that we're under is a better covenant established on better promises and praise God it is ratified and sealed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and he's not going to break that covenant covenant amen he is the, he is the, the testator the, the, um, the, the testator of this new testament Paul said in Hebrews chapter 9 that where there is a testament or a covenant there has to be the death of the testament. Tetor, the person that made that covenant, that that gave that testament, you know that that a will is not in force unless somebody dies. I can make a will and bequeath everything to uh, everything, all my all my worldly possessions to whoever, and they can't get it until I'm dead. Amen. Well, that puts the will in force. Boy, here we go. I'm getting I'm getting off I'm getting offline again. But anyway, uh, 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 that's what Jesus did. He gave us his last will and New Testament and he went to Calvary to die on that cross to put that will into force but he did something that nobody else ever did. He not only died and put that will into force but praise God there's no crooked lawyer can cheat us out of that will because the testator that died to put the will into effect did something different. Three days later he rose from the dead to make sure that every promise in that will is carried out to the letter, hallelujah. And if we will keep our part of that testament which is our part of that covenant which is just believe and have faith in him and trust in him then he will keep his part of the bargain and he will keep his promise. So don't forget that as we go into this new year and cross over into this new year we're already in it but as we progress in it that God has granted us his unfading and unfailing promises of God. We gave you three promises this morning that God gave to Joshua that are, that are ours today. Number one, the promise of his conquering power. He said, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Amen. We have that promise of conquering, overcoming power today. The church is founded on the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been given the power of God. We've been given the power. Jesus said, when the Holy Ghost has come on you, you'll receive power. Everybody say amen. We've got the power of God. We've uh, We've got his conquering power that no enemy can stand before. Us. Then the second promise that he gave. We're talking about God's unfading promises. The second promise that he gave was the promise of his constant presence that he will not leave us. He said to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. As he was with Joshua, as he was with Moses, as he was as, as he was with Elijah and Paul and Peter and John and everybody else, he's with us here tonight. He's dwelling in his church he's abiding in our hearts and our lives and so we have his constant presence remember that throughout this year regardless of what happens he will not leave us he will not forsake us he will go with us hallelujah i'll be with you said even to the end of the age come on amen that's a promise of God. But then the third one we said, the third prom- promise that he gave was a certain prosperity. And that was found in verse number seven of chapter one. He said to Joshua, if you observe this commandments, if you observe my word, if you, if you, will, if you will meditate on my word and, and observe to do all that's written in then, therein, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. God's going to prosper his people. He's going to prosper his church. He's going to provide for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, you know, we don't know. This new administration takes over. What's going to happen? Are we going to have high inflation? Is gas prices going to $5 a gallon? I can't tell you that. I don't know that. Will will gas prices go up? Will they go to $5, $10 a gallon? Will there be a scarcity of food? I can't tell you that. I don't know that. But what I can tell you and what I do do know today is that the Lord God Almighty will take care of his people in his church and he will supply your needs. Hallelujah to God forever. Amen. Because of his promise of certain prosperity in our life. Amen. Now tonight, we want to give you number three and the third truth, the third truth that we find here in, this, in these marching orders that Joshua is receiving from the Lord and that he's passing on to the people, and that is that God will guard you with his unfailing power. Now, notice that. He will guide us, he will grant us his promises, and he will guard us with his power. Thank God for the power of God. Notice Joshua 3. Are you still there? Joshua chapter 3 and verse 5 says, And Joshua said to the people, <clears throat> Sanctify yourselves. Now that'll preach right there itself. Sanctify yourselves. That means to consecrate yourselves to the Lord. Amen. Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Here's the promise that the Lord has given to them, and that is that He, if they would sanctify themselves, that He would do wonders among them. He's going to do something special among them. Now, they had to first sanctify themselves, and at, at that particular time, that was a ceremonial cleansing for them, when he told them to sanctify their self, they had to change their garments. They had to wash their bodies. They had to clean themselves up. But there's a spiritual significance to that for us tonight. We're not going through the ceremonial rituals that they had to go through of sanctification, of washings, and all of those things. But it's sanctifying is a a consecration and a cleansing uh, of ourselves, amen, and uh, setting ourselves apart unto the Lord, being set apart to the Lord. How many know sanctification, when we talk of being sanctified, we talk of sanctification another word for that is the old fashioned word that we don't hear much anymore it's just that old fashioned word holiness you know what does holiness mean amen holiness means that we're set apart to God that we're we're brought out of darkness and sin and brought into the family of God we've been set apart to God we've been consecrated to the Lord we've been made holy by the blood of Jesus amen so he's telling them and us that we're to sanctify ourselves we're to cleanse ourselves by the blood of Jesus we're to draw close to God devote ourselves to the Lord be I, you know that's something that I want to see in all of our lives in this coming year i think that would be something that we need to propose to do in our lives church is is, is make this year a year of, of total consecration to God to be closer to the Lord than we've ever been before. To be consecrated and devoted wholly unto the Lord. He wants all of you. Can I get an amen? I said he wants all of you. He wants all of me. And so consecrate yourself. So he said sanctify yourself and uh, put on basically when when they did that change of clothes they took off their old dirty clothes and then they put on some clean clothes and cleaned themselves up. That was a time. Of what we, uh, of putting off the old man and putting on the new man. Hallelujah. And being separated and set apart to God. And he said to do that because he said, Tomorrow the Lord is going to work wonders for you. What does that word mean? When he said, The Lord is going to work wonders for you. Hallelujah. A wonder, a wonder. Is something in the Bible that makes you wonder. Now, isn't that deep? Amen. In that deep, it's something that causes you to wonder. A wonder is something. The definition of it of the Hebrew word was is to be. It was something that was marvelous, something that was wonderful, something that was surpassing. It means to be beyond one's power and to do extraordinarily hard. An extraordinarily hard or a difficult thing. Now, did you get that? That's what he. He said i'm going to do wonders among you in other words god's saying i'm going to do something tomorrow for you that is beyond your power oh i'm about to shout i'm going to do something for you tomorrow that you're going to wonder at you're going to be amazed at they didn't know what it was but he said just get ready for it and prepare yourself for it because i'm going to do wonders among you tomorrow I'm going to do something extraordinary. I'm going to do something that would be hard or difficult. I'm going to do something that's amazing in your sight. My God wish today that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ would get back again to seeing some wonders that it wouldn't just be the ordinary glory to God, but there would be something when we come to the house of God that would literally amaze us and cause us to wonder and see the power and the glory of the Lord manifested in such a mighty way. I believe in God's wanting to do in 2021 wonders, mighty wonders among his people and in his church. I believe that today. I I really believe that today. Extraordinary things. Listen, there's nothing. I said there's nothing that's too hard for the Lord. How many knows that? Hallelujah! He can do anything. There is no impossibilities with Him. Hallelujah! In the Book of Acts, chapter two, on that on the day of Pentecost, when Peter got up and preached that first Pentecostal ser, sermon that day, he said they you know they had just been filled the hundred and twenty with the Holy Spirit. They were speaking in other tongues. The crowd gathered, couldn't understand, couldn't figure out what was going on there. Peter got up. They said they were drunk. You know, they said these. He's a old drunk on new wine. And Peter said, no. These are not drunk as you suppose. It's just the third hour of the day. But he said, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, that in the last day, saith God. How many believe we're in the last days? That in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. And your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams and on my men servants and my maid servants I will pour out of my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy notice and then he went on to say in the midst of all this while I'm pouring out my spirit in the last days I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke I believe we're in that time I'm not seeking signs and wonders ladies and gentlemen but I do believe today that we serve a god that is a wonder and as a matter of fact one of his names is wonderful come on hallelujah he is a wonder he wants to do wonders extraordinary powerful mighty things for you and i tonight he has not changed he's the same today and his power is still the same today oh how many wants to see god do some wonders in 2021 Amen? Something that causes amazement. That we just stand amazed at the power of God. Yeah, but Brother Rick, you know, that was just for the early church. No, 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 no. He said in the last days. In the last days. Stephen was a, remember Stephen in the book of Acts, he was a He was a deacon, wasn't he? Stephen was a deacon. But Stephen went out and preached. He was a preaching deacon. Amen. And the Bible says in Acts 6 and 8 that Stephen was full of faith and power, full of faith and power, and did great wonders among the people, wonders by the power of God. In the fifth chapter of Luke, when Jesus was preaching in that house and um, the crowd had filled the house and gathered all around the outside and was looking in the windows. Nobody could get in. It was kind of like the, kind of like the uh, cracker barrel the other day that I was at. We couldn't get in to eat because they had everybody's social distance, but they were all jammed into the store, elbow to elbow. I couldn't even get to the bathroom. It made no sense to me. <laughs> Amen. But, but they, they brought a lame man, a paralyzed, a paralytic, a paralyzed man to Jesus to be healed. And they brought him, and they couldn't get him in to where Jesus was. The Bible said the power of the Lord was present to heal, but they couldn't get him in because of the crowd that was around the house. And so instead of just taking him back home and giving up, man, they had faith. They climbed up on the roof... Uh, roofs were flat of course in those days they tore uh, an opening in the roof they tied some cords on his bed they let him down amen now picture this they lowered him down into that house where Jesus was preaching interrupted Jesus' sermon my lord I wish we would have some more divine interruptions in in our churches today interrupted Jesus right while he's preaching interrupted his sermon and let him down in the presence of the Lord and Jesus stopped right there and the Bible said that when he saw their faith he said to the the paralyzed man your sins be forgiven you and then they some of them criticized him for that you know and he said well that you may know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sin he said to the paralytic take up your bed get up take up your bed and walk and he got up by the power of God he picked up his mat his bed and he walked out of that place healed by the power of God and everybody there begin to glorify God. Here's the point. Luke records it this way, that when they saw that, the people said, we, man, they say they said, wow, we have seen some strange things today. My Lord, I've seen some strange things in Pentecost since I've been in Pentecost. But I'm going to tell you what, we need to see some strange things today. I mean some things like that, the power and the glory and the manifestation of the power of God. He said, I want to do wonders among you and God wants to do wonders among his church in this coming year. How many is going to believe for that? We need to be praying, coveting, desiring the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be in operation. He said desire spiritual gifts. Covet earnestly the best gifts. Be praying. I was praying this week at prayer meeting on Tuesday, I believe it was, and I was over here walking around praying, and and, and that just came to me. Lord, that's why we're not seeing the gifts. How often? the, The Holy Spirit reminded me. How often do you ask for the gifts to operate? How often do you pray that I'll use you in the gifts? The, of the Spirit. How are you, How much are you coveting and desiring the gifts of the Spirit? And I began to think, and I said, well, occasionally, and, and, and it's like the Holy Spirit said, that's not what I said. I, the Holy Spirit said through Paul, covet, covet. When you covet something, you can't get your mind off of it. You've got to have it. You'll do anything to give it. Come on, amen. And he said that's the only place he's allowed us, given us the, the, the go-ahead, the green like to covet something he said covet those gifts the best gifts the gifts of the Holy Ghost my Lord Church God wants to do wonders among us God wants to restore the gifts of the Holy Ghost to the church in the last days let's covet and desire the gifts of the Spirit oh I got a hurry I got a hurry sister Sharon be bringing a boat Wednesday <laughs> Said, "I'm going to do some wonders among you." And so there, in that third chapter, he's tells the priests; he gives them their marching orders. And uh, let me find it here. He has them, verse eleven. Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Okay, we're getting there. Now, therefore, take for yourselves twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe. And it shall come to pass, as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the Ark of the Lord... "...shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, the waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap." So it was when the people set out from the camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan... And the feet of the priests who bore the ark dipped in the edge of the water. Oh, hallelujah. Dipped in the edge of the water. For the Jordan overflows all of its banks during the whole time of harvest. That the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at at Adam, the city that is beside Zeratán. So the waters that went down into the sea of Araba, the salt sea, failed and were cut off and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground. Notice that. On dry ground in the midst of the Jordan and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now what a, what an awesome wonder this is. Because as I said, the priests hear that the, the Jordan is flooded. The priests that are bearing the ark on their shoulders carried it right down to the river. And they get there, and as soon as their feet get in the water, in the edge of the water, as soon as those, the feet of those priests touch the river... The Bible said, you know, when I used to study this as a a young preacher, I'd read this, and I've preached how the Lord parted the waters. I just thought, you know, he parted them, and I wasn't really reading it like I should, but I thought, well, he parted them like he did the Red Sea, but that's not actually the description that we have here. The Bible says that that God stopped the flow of the Jordan River upstream. It was just like God took a big piece of this plexiglass that all the stores got up, amen, in front of everybody, and they just, he just put a big... Individual, indivis, invisible shield of plex, spiritual plexiglass there, and stopped the flow of. You talk about a wonder. This is a wonder, and and glory to God. It was something. It was something extraordinary. It was something miraculous. And all of a sudden, the water, it started heaping up. He didn't just stop it from flowing, but it started heaping up. There was a wall of water on that end, on that on that northern end of the river and the rest of the river just flowed on down to the Dead Sea to the south and and miraculously we were talking brother Scott and I last Sunday night about this miraculously I mean you ever drain a pond or something or a river bed goes you know man I mean it's mud ankle deep in that thing but here they are (laughs) Glory to God. Here's another wonder about the whole thing. They step into the water. God stops it flowing. And the, and the rivers go on down to the south and just opens up. He opened up that, that river. He opened up. He made a way. Well, there was no way. Glory to God. He made a way and, and did it. Did an impossible thing to get them through to the other side. They're following the ark. They're following the guidance. They're, they're believing the promise. They're believing the word. And they're following him and when they did God worked to wonder and done a miracle and opened that up and not only that but he said you're not even going to have to get your feet muddy yeah. dried up the ground they went across the priests going out standing in the middle of that Jordan River These people's ancestors, only two of them left that came out of Egypt, Joshua and Caleb, their ancestors saw God open up that Red Sea. Now this generation sees God open up that Jordan River. Still the same God that it was 40 years ago. We talk about the God of the past, the God of our ancestors. I've heard, Brother John, I've heard uh, my dad and 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 my uncles and uh, all of them talk about my, my parents. I've told you before was saved, in a, and it was either a six or eight week revival, First Assembly of God, in uh, Cape Girardeau back in nineteen forty seven. Was a, was a this this get a bunch of people. It was a female evangelist, a woman evangelist, preached for eight weeks there. They don't, I don't know how many people got saved, but my my family, my mom, dad, and my my aunts and uncles were a part of the group that got saved there. People was called to preach. There was fruit out of that revival, amen. But uh, well, but I hear about. They'd tell stories about what God would do. They'd tell stories about the miraculous power of God that that, that would take place. And 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 I've always just I've always been uh, you know in. Enamored with that. I love to read books about the revivals of the past. I love to study revivals of the past and great men of God, some of God's generals of the past that have all passed on now and how God used them in miraculous ways and in miracle working healing ministries. And I think, oh my God, God, you're not changed. You opened that up. You you know the same God that opened the Red Sea, opened the Jordan River. Oh, God, you're the same God that did miracles in the past. We got to see it if we ever needed it today. I, I know some people say, well, the only reason God did miracles was to verify and to prove the gospel. If there ever was a time we needed a verification of the gospel, it's today, God. Do it again today. Show your power today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Show your power again today. They're standing in the middle of that Jordan River. We got them there. (laughs) They're on dry ground. The river of difficulty has been removed, dried up. The waters northward are standing as a heap. God's making a way for them to pass through. And I believe that God is making a way for this church, for Abundant Life Family Church, for you individually through the rivers of difficulty to bring you into the land of your opportunity and of your blessing. Amen. I believe that that the Lord is going to do wonders among us. But here's the thing, unless, there's a part we have to play, unless we step out by faith. And I thought about this, that nothing happened, miraculous, until the priests got their feet wet. Hallelujah. And I believe that God is, we've been too afraid. To step out just on the word of God. They didn't know what was going to happen when they stepped into the edge of that river. But they were willing to get their feet wet and step out. And as soon as soon as they got their feet wet and stepped into that river, the miracle took place. And faith, faith in God is always always ready to be obedient to God. When you read that 11th chapter of Hebrews, that great faith chapter, you you read that and all those heroes of faith, it talked about by faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Moses. By faith, Enoch. And it gives the list of every one of them. But they all obeyed the Lord. God told them something. By faith, Noah moved with fear, built an ark to the saving of his same He had to do, he had to do something. What if God would have said, Uh, Noah, there's a flood coming and uh it's gonna destroy the world, and you need to build an ark. And he would have said, Well, I believe that's gonna happen, but he didn't do anything. We want to sit around and say, Well, I believe God can do, but but God's saying, Step out, come on, step out, take, 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 take a step of faith, lay claim to the promise. He told Joshua, every every place, every particle of ground that your foot steps son that have I given you they could have sat there and looked and said that's our land too bad we can't get it like they had done 40 years ago but Joshua said we're going to step out we're going to get our feet wet and the feet of the priest didn't stay wet long cause the miracle the wonder the victory came God showed himself strong in their behalf whoo hallelujah amen I want to see God do some wonders this year. Let me me close. They crossed over two, two and a half million Israelites walking across the dry bed of a Jordan River that was two miles wide and 40 feet deep just a few minutes ago. God opened it up. And they're walking across, two and a half million of them, toward their promised land. And Jericho's people are looking and saying, Did you see that? We've had it. If their God can do that, we've had it. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. God, help us to believe him for some mighty things. And they cross over let me close with this. They cross over and get to the other side in their promised land and set up camp. The priests are still standing in the middle with the ark of God. The water is still heaped up to the north, just heaped up. And while they're standing there, um, Joshua tells 12 men, has 12, one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, to go into the bed of the Jordan River and each one to pick up a stone out of the bed of the Jordan River. Carry it over and set it on the bank on the side of the promised land and to set up a memorial of 12 stones. And he said, in the future, in times to come, when your children shall come by and say, What's that all about? What what do those stones mean? Then you can tell them about the miracle that God performed to bring you, your families, across that Jordan River into the Promised Land. It was a a memorial to the miracle-working power of God and how God brought them through. They They were Jordan stones. They were taken from the deep bed of the Jordan. They were a testimony that Israel owed its entrance into that promised land. They owed that to the divine power of Almighty God. Those stones spoke of the fact that had it not been for God's power, we'd have never come into this promised land. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, had it not been for the power of God, we wouldn't be here today. Would it not? Had it not been for the goodness and the grace and the miracle-working power of God, we wouldn't be in this church. God planted this church in 2003 with 18 people. Joe and Vicky were there. Buddy, and Marcia were there. Amen. That that this church was planted in 2003 with 18 people. We we were in a storage building down here, you know, storage units for 10 years. God miraculously worked it out for us to get this property, build this facility. I'm telling you what, we owe everything that we are here at Abundant Life. We owe it to the power of God, to his divine power. We need to set up a memorial of praise to God and say, Lord, it's your grace and your power that's brought us where we are today. Hallelujah, amen? But that wasn't the only memorial they set up. And we miss this one in verse 9. I hope I'm not preaching too long. I'm, I'm just about done. You got a few minutes? Hang on. In verse 9, of the, we're in chapter 4 now. We don't finish chapter 3, all right? Finally. About time. Chapter 4 and verse 9. Then Joshua set up 12 stones In the midst of Jordan, notice this. In the place where the feet of the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there to this day. They took 12 stones out of the bed of Jordan, set them up on the side of the Promised Land, and then they took 12 stones from, I call these wilderness stones. They took 12 stones from the land Of the wilderness side of Jordan, put them down in the bed of the Jordan River where the priests were standing. And then, when the priests marched on across to the other side, that plexiglass shield that God put up, he put it down, and the waters, the flood waters of Jordan, washed back down to the south and covered all of those wilderness stones. Those stones from the wilderness were a symbol that all of your wanderings of the past all of your unbelief of the past, all of your wilderness journey of the past are put in the bottom of that Jordan River and they're buried there forever. All your sins of the past are put in the bottom of that Jordan and they're buried forever. And what he's saying is, what you went through in that wilderness journey, that is over, that is done. You're in the promised land. Forget about the past. Forget about about what happened last year forget about COVID forget about everything that's gone on in 2020 and march across the Jordan into 21 with the faith of God hallelujah there's a new beginning for the church and for your life today amen worship team come on back amen they made it Praise God, they made it across. There's a new beginning for his church. How many believe that with me tonight? A new beginning. Glory to God. What's the worst thing can happen? Doesn't matter. Best thing could happen this year would be the rapture. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Twenty the twenty-one. Now listen, I told you last week, I'm not, I'm not real big on trying to make predictions or prophecies somebody 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 said this, and i, I thought it was kind of intriguing. I hadn't thought about it i don't know why, but twenty one they said is three sevens I guess they play a play a lot of cards or something <laughs> but seven's god's number of perfection seven's god's number of completion is that right twenty one's seven plus seven. Or seven times, seven times. It's, it's three sevens. Amen? Seven times three. Is that 21? All right. I didn't even check the guy's math. I just took his word for it. <laughs> Amen. But it's completion. Could this, could this, I'm not saying it is, but could this be the year that Jesus comes back? Sure it could. Sure it could. Amen. Somebody prophesied the other day, and I'm not knocking this guy or anything, but somebody prophesied the other day, said for the next, what God was going to do for the church for the next four years. I'm saying, you mean he ain't coming? Come on, give me a break. I'm looking for Jesus to come tomorrow, tonight. Praise God. Amen. So the worst thing or the best thing that could happen to the church would be the rapture, and I'm looking for that. Amen. But whether he comes in 21 or not, we're going we're gonna to believe God. We're going to follow Jesus. We're going to rely on his promises. He's going to give us spiritual and material prosperity, take care of us, and provide for us. I believe that. And we're going to come through 21, and we're going to come through it shouting the victory. Amen. Amen. What if things get bad? What if the economy gets bad? What if if everything goes upside down? What if there's riots in the streets? Well, there will be lawlessness. But God's going to lead us through victorious. How many believe that? I know you do. Let's stand tonight. Let's stand. Oh, hallelujah. I'm I'm calling.